0: Good day everybody and a welcome to Encore at the House of Mario, the after-party Nintendo podcast. This Encore is a developer interview, and I'm joined by two very special members of Castle Pixel, the talented talented team behind the newly released Blossom Tales 2, the Minotaur Prince. And uh, joining me is uh, Tyler. He's in charge of programming and design at Castle Pixel. Tyler, welcome to the show. Oh yeah,
1: thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, no worries. It's so uh, great to have you on this time. I actually talked to Miguel and Rob uh, four years ago about a uh, Blossom Tales one, so it's really nice to have you on the show and pick your brain about the development of the game. Thanks. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately Rob couldn't make it uh, today, but I thought I had like the. Um, the trifecta, the, uh, the the collection, finally in my possession. Kind of like um the collector in Pokemon 2000, but uh, maybe next time. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, four four people is a crowd.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll was, I'll was like, Usually I do podcasts with a uh, how many people? Two people. <laughs> so I'm like four people. How am I gonna wrangle that? So I guess uh, I hope he's going well. Hope he's uh doing uh what he needs to do, and of course returning to the show. We got Miguel. Is the writer for Blossom Tales 2. Miguel, welcome to the show.
2: It's good to be back.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, off the off the bat, boys, congratulations for the release of Blossom Tales 2. It's um I've been playing it over the last week. I've had the opportunity to play it a little bit early. So I guess you know, thank you very much to you guys and the publisher. Really enjoy it, guys. Fantastic. Sort of um, just another great action, action adventure game. So yeah, How, how's it been, sort of Soaking it in over the last couple of days.
1: Uh, It's been pretty stressful, to be honest. There wasn't really much we could do over the Mm. last couple of days except wait for it to come out because it had gone through certification and it was just sitting and waiting. And I was trying to put it out of my mind for the most part (laughs) over the weekend. Um, And then, yeah, today, crazy.
0: Yeah, yeah. um, Because it came... (laughs) I'm a little bit sort of confused with time zones. Did it it come out yesterday for you guys or today? Today.
1: Yeah. On Switch, it was midnight, I think.
0: Oh, right, right. Yeah. Because I I feel like for us, like it came out. Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit confused. I must have. uh, I think it came out yesterday for us, but I don't know if it's because if it came at the same time. Because usually like games come out a little bit earlier here just because of our Australian time zone.
1: Yeah, it's still Tuesday for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, back in the past. It's Wednesday. <laughs> 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 yeah, so I, I was sort of thinking that because um, there was a, another game that a friend of mine actually worked on. He was the writer for uh, um, Trigger Witch. And um, those guys, they were putting out sort of updates as I was playing it. And I was, I was wondering, like, were you guys sort of uh, putting out updates like sort of last minute or was it just like locked and ready to go and you are just embracing the the release?
1: Um, it's been pretty quiet. Uh, I did an update a couple of weeks ago just for some small stuff that we had found, but for the most part, it's been ready to go for three, three weeks at least.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That, that's be a good place to sort of be in and just uh. At least sit back and be like, it's done at least. There's uh, not much more I can do. I can't add another whole dungeon or try and do something bloody crazy and silly at last minute.
1: (laughs) I thought about it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the old uh, uh, feature creep coming in.
1: There's always more. There's always more (laughs) ideas and more stuff and more everything.
0: Mm, Yeah, absolutely. I I can imagine it would be be difficult to try and uh, restrict yourself a little bit. But um, for anybody that doesn't know what The uh, Blossom Tales 2 is, it's um, this is just straight from the eShop. This is the little description Castle Pixel put there. a uh, grandpa's latest tale takes you on a journey through haunted forests, pirate shores, and other mysterious lands across a vast open world. Charming towns, terrible enemies, tricky puzzles, and powerful weapons await you. Enjoy a story within a story as grandpa narrates ex- exciting moments throughout Lily's incredible adventure. We will help Lily defeat the Minotaur King and save her brother. So, yeah, I think um, just straight off the bat, it's uh, I had a lot of fun sort of over my twelve hours of uh, getting through the main story. I still got a lot of side quests to go back and do, which was a sort of a, a nice surprise. Um, I'm going through the game, and there's some side quests I I couldn't do until I um, went progressed a little bit further into the game and needed some enemies that I didn't have. Well, not enemies, some uh, items. So that was pretty cool. Um, I noticed in the trailer that uh, you can actually get the horse that you save. I'm like, huh, that's pretty cool. I couldn't get the horse. I didn't have uh, the correct item at the time. I don't want to spoil too much, but I just want to mention that because it w- was in the trailer. But um, yeah, Miguel, how, how do you sort of feel about the launch of the game? Are you a little bit a uh, little bit more calm than Tyler, or you're uh, just as um, just as <laughs> shaken? <laughs>
2: Uh, I'd say probably about the same. Lots of excitement, but also a little bit of nerves because something, you know, on, in the back of my, our mind is like something always slips through. Like uh, for me, it's like a grammatical error or something like that. Mm. For Tyler, it's probably a little bit worse, like a bug or something. <laughs> but um, no, we we had time to really do some polishing, and uh, Platonic uh, was a big help. I believe they even have some QA people helping Tyler.
1: Oh yeah, they've been they were great.
2: Oh, that's yeah, awesome. Lee and
1: Harley so, were the head of the QA department, and they were great. Mm, yeah, yeah so, so yeah,
2: more excited than last than a little bit more nervous last time, but still a little bit nervous, but also excited. Reading all the reviews already, it's been a lot of fun today.
0: Mm. Yeah, because we uh, were we'll, we'll just talking before the show. I, I can imagine like if I put something out there and everyone's just telling me what they think of it, what's wrong with it, what's good with it. You know, it is pretty con- confronting. I think a little lot of critics or gamers might not keep that in mind that you know, you put years of your life into this. So when people say, oh, look, this wasn't that good. Like you're probably well aware of like the aspects that could have used more work or could have um, been a bit more fleshed out or like whatever the situation the reviewers are saying, I, I dare say a lot of developers are pretty well aware of what's going on.
1: Yeah, definitely. Although I did, I noticed some things that I agreed with that I hadn't thought about before that I wish I could have read. A month
0: ago Hmm. yeah because like honestly i haven't checked out any of the any of the reviews so i don't know what what people are saying like for me it was just uh you know it was um an improvement on on the first game just with you know it's it's artwork and mechanics and all that and gave us a another story with lily and chris which which i really enjoyed like um i want to go into it a bit later miguel but I love the whole sort of you know the grandpa's telling the tale and how you're able to uh, use that to your like creative advantage. Just with um, just you can put whatever you want in there essentially. Just whatever comes to grandpa's mind, it's it's in the world.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, one thing in the back of my mind is, I always imagine grandpa as if you know, when we're older, what tales are we going to tell our kids? how inspired are they going to be by the stories and games and movies and books that we grew up with. So um, that, that's, that's my excuse for little references here and there and that uh, from different games and stuff. But yeah, we, we've enjoyed doing that story within a story narrative. Again, I think uh, players are really enjoying it just, just from reading today. The, I spent most of the day reading uh reviews and tweets and all that. And mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty happy with that. I'm seeing Um, And they, they especially do like the, that we did the story within a story technique again.
0: Yeah. No, cool. Cause was there any sort of idea to do a different type of uh, way of telling the story or was it always going to be going back to, um, you know, the, the established sort of uh, direction that you went in blossom tales one.
1: Um, it almost feels like that. Oh, sorry, Miguel. It almost feels like <laughs> that is blossom tales to yeah. tell the story and to have kind of the kids and the grandpa interaction like throughout the game. So, yeah, I don't think we ever thought that we wouldn't be doing that again.
2: Yeah, exactly. It, it, it would have been crazy not to, to be honest, just because it's something players really liked from the first one, especially not only because the kids, you know, chime in with like silly comments, but also, uh, that's how we do little gameplay, uh, choices for players, which, uh, we offer more of in this sequel. So yeah, it was always definitely in mind.
0: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I guess before we get too far into talking about the game, I would like to sort of go back and sort of ask you about your roles at Castle Pixel. Like I, I just took this straight from the credits of Blossom Tales too, but so Miguel, you, are you're, you're the writer for the game. What does that entail for Castle Pixel? How do you go? How's your day to day look?
2: Well, the cool part about, um, uh, Castle Pixel, we're a really small team basically three guys and um that means that um tyler and rob also have like a lot of input with the story and everything like that so i never feel like they just you know throw it all my way and say here come up with this (laughs) they they do a lot of cool together we we make this world together and um i mostly do the dialogue and you know in-game text and things like that that's that's mostly what i cover and uh again since we're a small team i sometimes get to help with like uh if if Tyler's having trouble with like a boss idea or something, he'll you know hit me up and like hey, what do you think? And I'll give him all these crazy ideas that probably don't work because I don't program and he does. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I hope uh, I help in that regard at least.
0: Yeah, cool. Um, what about what about you, Tyler? Um, in the credits, it says you're programming and design. Um, what does that entail at Castle Pixel?
1: Well, uh, I am pretty much the only programmer, so it's pretty much all the programming. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, the design is a very collaborative effort. It, design could have been, the three of us could have, like, had a header of design because, like, as Miguel says, we're always bouncing ideas off of each other.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I, I I don't know. To me, the design sounds like the fun part is just, like, coming up with, like, all the mechanics and, like, what the game is going to be, Um as far as like, you know, just the little systems and that, I think that, that sounds pretty cool. And just the idea that you can all sort of collaborate on that. That sounds pretty cool. Like Miguel, do you have sort of much input? In like this would be cool if, uh, you know, collect this item and you can put it together and that can be the crafting system or something like that. Or do you just sort of go, yeah, cool. You guys are, you guys are doing your thing. I'm, um, I'm just going to put my thumbs up and see what you're up to.
2: <laughs> no, the team is definitely open to, to ideas. Uh, if I'm playing, even when I'm playing like early builds, I'll say, if I think of something, I'll throw it their way, and uh, and if if they can do it, um, and if it's if it's cool and they can do it, and it'll work in the game. Then it'll make it. But if not, then it's cool too. But yeah, definitely, always uh, free to help out with other everything except programming and drawing because I can't do either of those. <laughs>
1: but um no, yeah we had a we had a design document like a shared google document at the beginning where we were all just throwing ideas in and rob and i were kind of outlining what we had in mind because rob always of course has something specific that he wants to draw for each area so that like influences a lot of like what area is going to be
0: hmm.
1: and then i have to make it so <laughs> that definitely influences <laughs> like how the bosses are going to work and how the enemies are going to work and how all the puzzles are going to work because if I can't program it, it's not going to make it into the game.
0: Yeah, how, how much of that sort of happens where all these ideas come to you? And you're like, oh my god, like man, it's um, that's not going to work because A and B and X and Y and G and T.
1: <laughs> most of it, I would say, most of it got in there. There's a, there's some anything that sounds really technical. I'm a self-taught programmer, so there's definitely limits on how much I can use math to my favor but I would say eight out of ten ideas made it into the game
0: yeah okay cool yeah because like there are a a fair few new ideas but we'll touch on that um, a little bit later I just want to ask you guys about what's your your favorite game and what your first game was just to get an idea of what type of gamers you are and what might have inspired some of the games you make so start with Miguel What, what was the first game you played and What's your favorite? That might be the same same game, as far as I know. But
2: I had I had cousins with the NES, so the first games I played were like uh, that that really hard Mickey Mouse one and the first Mario games. But um, the first real game I felt that was my own, and I really dove into was Super Mario World, um, mm. which is uh, still still amazing, still get nostalgic just listening to the title screen music. But um, my favorite game, um, it edges out Chrono Trigger by a bit, and it would be Ocarina of Time. Oh, just because yeah. that game like really just opened my mind to the possibility of games like where you could really just have this combination of gameplay and puzzles and uh, you know characters that you know you care about, world to explore, and uh, you know, twenty years later. 20-ish years later, that's uh, what we're trying to do with Blossom Tales, give all that to players to, to enjoy.
0: Mm, absolutely. Yeah, you can see sort of like the inspiration from like just all the different characters in the game They've all got their own unique personality. And that's something that I think a lot of people that haven't played Zelda don't realize is just how weird the game is. Like it's just a, a really strange game as far as like the characters and, the, and all the sound effects that, that happen from it. <laughs> Um, Tyler, what what about you? What are some of your favorite games and what was the first game you played?
1: Um, Gosh, I was trying to think. I think maybe I had a Game Boy, like the original Game Boy and Super Mario Land was definitely a game that stuck out in my mind, but also Tetris. Oh, yeah. Probably Tetris, (laughs) because I think it came with Tetris, right? So I probably... Probably Tetris was the first game that I ever played. But I also, I had an NES and definitely, this first Super Mario Bros. game was also like uh, big. And Link's Awakening, Link's Awakening was the first Zelda game that I ever played, and that like definitely contributes a lot to what I think I make now. Yeah, nice. Um, and favorite game? I don't know. Hmm. I am a big fan of like uh, Ubisoft mm-hmm. and uh, the the entire Prince of Persia series. The entire like the early assassin's creed games i loved like 2b that they made three two games but 2b was like probably one of my top five favorite games um and i loved splinter cell like pandora tomorrow oh, yes yes and, uh, pandora tomorrow was like maybe one of my definitely top five
0: mm. yeah i haven't played much Splinter cell and that's mainly because i never really enjoyed stealth that much but in more so sort of maybe the last couple of years i'm like I actually really want to play some stealth games. It's sort of sort of growing on me a little bit. I think it's because of the Last of Us Part Two. Just uh, I really enjoyed the stealth in that game. So the idea of um going back to Metal Gear Solid and even like Spinner Cell and stuff. I'm like, hmm. Actually, I would like yeah. to do that. Yeah.
1: Everyone tells me to play Metal Gear Solid because I never had a PlayStation growing up.
0: <laughs> yeah. No. Neither, neither did I. Um. I just went to friends' places and played theirs. But everyone just had GTA Three and Vice City and <laughs> the stuff and no one had any other games pretty much everyone was just obsessed with that in my um yeah. sort of age group at the time how old was i like 12 years old why was i playing gda why was anyone playing GTA in <laughs> my my age group i don't know i don't know if i'll let my uh, kids play GTA 6 <laughs> when the time comes no to. i mean
1: <laughs> i remember <laughs> like uh shooting people in their heads like blowing up and like in my uh, city and san andreas like the early ones
0: it might go to the show though that if you're a sound kid, um it's not gonna make you any any weirder any do any violent acts or anything like that. So I guess there is something to that. Maybe maybe it just f- flesh out your kid being like, hey look, he's a psychopath, just put him in front of this, see what he does.
1: <laughs> well the graphics also back then were like not as good as they are now and it was kind yeah. of like hilarious, like it was almost silly.
0: Mm. Yeah, it might be a bit more visceral now see that type of thing on screen for a kid. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like
2: the GoldenEye for Nintendo 64 was probably like the first really like violent, kind of realistic game that I played. And, you know, looking back at it now, it just looks all silly and goofy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, at the time it would have been like, whoa, geez. Um, Because like, you know, a lot of people playing the original Doom it was like a similar situation, but like, what is this? This is this is grotesque. This is awful. And now you look at it and it's very nostalgic, but it doesn't um doesn't offend you too much. No. <laughs> um so yeah, no, that's great, guys. It's um it's interesting to like just see like what what a little bit of your gaming history is just to see what um what inspired sort of maybe some aspects of um of the games you make. While 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 I don't know if there's much spinner cell and Blossom Tales. It's, it's interesting to know anyway.
1: <laughs> oh, no, it didn't make it. <laughs> None uh, of my stealth ideas made the cut. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that would have been interesting.
0: Sort of uh, dodge rolling, doing some escape. Oh, there, there were some enemies that um put you in stone if you didn't sneak past them. So maybe that
1: was the right. aspect. I, I honestly was <laughs> going to suggest the Medusa enemies. But it, we didn't really ever use them. Like they're in like a couple places, so mm. it doesn't count.
0: Yeah, towards towards the end of the game for anyone playing at home. <laughs> so I guess um, getting into some more of the game talk, just talking about the the last game. So Blossom Tales, the Sleeping King, it released on Switch in two thousand and seventeen. Came out to great commercial and um, critical success, and it was even at the point where you know especially going back and checking out some of the content from the release of the game, like it, it sold just so much more on Switch than it did on Steam. I don't know if that changed in the recent years. I don't know if Steam caught up or whatever. But now sort of the, the Switch is in a completely different place now um, just with its eShop being like a bit of a mess. There's so much content coming to the game compared to 2017. Has Did you sort of see that... Uh, the Trajectory of Blossom Tales One, um, do anything different once more content came out, and how do you feel about sort of entering that space again with a with a brand new game with a sequel? Because, like, just as a content creator that covers Soul and Nintendo, it's it's hard for me to keep up, and I'm checking it each week and seeing some really strange content come out, and I um I, I just really hope that people are able to see this game. <laughs> So, how do you guys feel as developers about it?
1: Yeah, I mean, we knew we knew when we released the first game that everything was fresh, and uh, Switch was six months old, or I guess it had been almost a year at that point. Um, but we knew that it was a good time, and it, w- it was something we thought a lot about during development about how like saturated, I guess, the market had become on Switch, mm. um, but. There's nothing that we can really do about it <laughs> except yeah. hope for the best and, you know, put some effort into uh, marketing and advertising. And Platonic has been great uh, with that stuff, that side of development. Um, but, yeah, we just we tried to make the best game that we could and tried not to really think about whether or not it would sell because it's it's a flip of a coin. It almost feels like every time you release a game.
0: Mm. Yeah, no, it's it's hard to ask you a question about something that ultimately <laughs> you guys don't control. I don't think Nintendo does even control it. You know <laughs> the way they're they're utilizing it, but um, yeah, it was just something to think about because like back then, every game that came out, it was just um, you know people noticed it because they were able to see it. Whereas now it's a lot like the PlayStation Store, the Xbox Store, Steam, where it can easily um, just uh, fall to the wayside. But did you guys sort of see? through, I guess, what I don't know, whatever backend stuff you guys have for for your games that you have on the eShop, um, were you able to see sort of um, a different trajectory for Blossom Tales 1 as uh, sort of time went on and more content came on?
1: Um, That is tough because I don't know, like obviously after release every game like starts trending downwards, so I don't know if there was any specific reasons. Um, for that, yeah, I'm not really sure.
0: Yeah, not fair enough. And um, I guess uh, la- last time I um I talked to Miguel and Rob, I asked the question at the end of the show, basically saying like, you know, w- what's next for you guys? And um, Rob said, oh, I have got some things going on, and maybe Blossom Tales 2 And well, obviously, Blossom Tales two happened, which is uh, <laughs> which is awesome. So when did the Blossom Tales two get greenlit to? um go into development what, did you guys have a bit of a holiday or did you get straight into it sort of first uh, after Boston Towers one
1: no we we took some time off yeah rob rob works uh another job when he's not making video games so he kind of went back to work and so did i and i i assume miguel probably the same kind of situation mm-hmm. and it wasn't until uh uh gosh it wasn't until platonic kind of reached out to us and asked us what we were up to and we talked about wanting to do blossom tales 2 and they were really interested in working on or working with us on the sequel and uh they kind of like were the ones that made blossom tales 2 happen
0: oh excellent so i guess that like how how many years was blossom tales 2 in development for then
1: um we started i guess It's almost been two years. It's been about a year and a half, probably 18 months. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Because like,
0: I didn't know whether this game was a a four year in development game or two or three or whatever. So it's interesting to know how long like a a game like this takes to make, which is pretty cool. Because like, is it, is it like full time or over full time as far as uh, making a game within a year and a half or pushing two years?
1: yes it was definitely full-time maybe even over full-time but nothing mm. like unreasonable i just when you work for yourself you kind of do i mean when i want to work I work so
0: yeah yeah you, that's kind of yeah. you do what you got to do when you guys are like working remotely so you're able to just yeah turn on the computer and send an email here and there or jump on on discord and see what's going on absolutely mm. have you found um like during the pandemic that, uh, you know, that you guys are working from home for Blossom Tales 2 anyway. Um, have, you, have you found like your tools and um, the things you utilize to make the game and communicate have improved over that time because of the, uh, the uh, demand or has it sort of just, you know, stayed the same?
1: <laughs> so we, we mainly use Skype and Skype has gone through some changes <laughs> over the last couple of years. And I don't know if I would say that they're positive changes. Right, yeah. <laughs> they, yeah they came out with a big update i think in the middle of development well maybe it's been like it was at the beginning of development now but it was really difficult for me to adjust to the new skype and <laughs> they're, they're bringing a lot of features back they they got rid of a lot of features i don't want to get into a Skype rant, but i was really angry with skype for a while but <laughs> i i just skype skype works well for all the video sharing and private chatting that we do without creating mm. like I'm not really a big fan of Discord or Slack or any of the other like kind of services. Yeah. So Skype works great for us.
0: Yeah, no, cool. And like I guess um assets and that do you just use a, a system like Google Drive to sort of share stuff with one another or
1: Yeah, absolutely. We use Dropbox. It's okay. just the yeah. quickest and easiest thing mm. for us.
0: Yeah, man, there's um so much technology out there just uh, to utilize to do it and Like a a game like Blossom Tales, I would would imagine it wouldn't be like too big a deal to put stuff in Dropbox, upload it and all that. Um, But when I think of like a AAA game being developed like, say like God of War Ragnarok or something like that, I couldn't even imagine sort of uploading and (laughs) downloading files every day and yeah, I don't know how the AAA guys do it, but um, just like like a a lean team of uh, three plus people, it must be, yeah. It's just um, sort of a great way to do it. Just work from home, work on your game, communicate back and forth, get it together. Um, it sounds like honestly, it sounds like a, a great time. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> put, put, put words in your mouth, but it, it sounds. It, it honestly sounds really cool. Making a game just with uh, you know a couple of friends and um, getting it out there.
1: No, yeah, people honestly, people make fun of us sometimes when we tell them we use Dropbox, but it's we don't really need anything more. Mm. Cause like, it's really, and if we're working, we're usually on a Skype call anyways. So if there's any conflicts that arise, it's easy to just be like, Hey, what did you just do to this file that I was working on?
0: <laughs> Why is it deleted? <laughs> cool. Get out of there. <laughs> out of there. <laughs> no, that's cool. Um, so you mentioned, mentioned your publisher earlier. So you guys um, changed publisher from, um, uh, to uh, Platonic friends. So that, is that solely because they approached you because they wanted to publish a sequel to a successful game, which was Blossom Tales 1? Or was there a sort of a bit more back and forth than um, simplifying it that much?
1: No, no, it was really that simple. They, uh, Gavin, the like I don't, CEO or president, I don't, sorry, Gavin, I don't know what your specific title is, but he just reached out to Rob and mm. then they started talking and then, you know, it just kind of snowballed from there, but it was, it was very easy. It was like, it was just a quick message, got the whole thing started.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, that's awesome. That's, that's exactly um, what you guys want as a developer, publishers are approaching you. That's fantastic. Because, um, <laughs> yes. Last time, um, four years ago, we are sort of talking, when we were talking about what the the future could be for Castle Pixel and, um, Rob said that he was you know he was very happy with um, FdG entertainment and he's like, oh, I'll probably stick with them, but he got poached, which is uh, <laughs> got some competition, which is cool.
1: No yeah, they were great and we talked to them actually after doing Butilils One we talked to them about doing a sequel. we just couldn't we actually couldn't just agree on terms unfortunately right. yep. it happens. Yeah. Nothing, something it, it just didn't work for them, and then their idea didn't work for us, and we just couldn't move forward with it. Mm. So that was kind of the end of that. But they they have been great, and they've been supportive even during the Blossom Tales two development. So they're they're a great team over there at F D G.
0: Yeah, no, that's great because yeah, you don't want any um any bad blood in the water or anything like that. So it's good that um <laughs> there's no rivalry between the the two publishers, which is good. Um, because like I know after the release of Blossom Tales one, sort of the the next step was to do a lot of translation to get the the first game into some other markets like Japanese and that. And just uh, looking at the the credits when finishing up Blossom Tales two, there's um like a bunch of um, translators that I I don't know if they they come from Platonic Games um they supplies those translations or or not, but um it looks like they helped out a lot as well, which you, which you mentioned before, which which is just yeah fantastic, just invaluable for a small team like you guys.
1: No, yeah, they they the whole team has been great, but they they definitely outsourced the translations. I think it was Keyword Studios, we worked with for the languages, and they were great. They got everything to us real quick.
0: Yeah, oh, awesome. Because like just being available more places at launch, that's um, that's very important. I I dare say for you guys.
2: Yeah, my wife is currently playing through *Blossom Tales two in Spanish, and it's, it, it, it's it's the like the Spanish, Spain Spanish, not really like the Latin American. So there are a lot of uh, phrases that we don't that are kind of throw us out of the loop. But um, <laughs> it's definitely it's definitely a lot better than *Blossom Tales one, uh, which the Spanish was uh, done by me, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. okay,
0: <laughs> right. That, yeah. that,
2: that was a bad idea. Yeah. Um,
0: so, were you putting the credits as the translator then for the Spanish version for um, *Blossom Towers one? Uh,
2: I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> the idea was just—I I, I, Spanish was my first language, but I, my my English is like way better now, both reading, writing, and everything. But um, the thing that lacked is grammar. So, um, I had someone check it out, but they didn't end up being as good as I had hoped. So oh, okay. um, yep. I'm throwing them under the bus a bit as well. Yeah. Uh,
1: nah, chuck them under. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, no, that's cool. Cause like, yeah, just the, the more places that can experience your, your content like the better. Yeah. No, so it, it's great that Platonic games are, you know, um, so useful in that respect. So, yeah. So, yeah, Miguel, let's talk a little about a little bit about the story again. Um, we mentioned before, it's all from Grandpa's perspective. Were, did you have any sort of other ideas about where you wanted to put the story? Were you thinking about this since Blossom Tales 1 or was it very much just like, all right, new game, let's sit down, let's think about it and then you guys sort of piece together who the main antagonist is and go from there?
2: Yeah, so um, I recall us having kind of different ideas if, before we even got approached by platonic and all that we just bounced around ideas like if we ever make another uh blossom tales what will it be and we had some interesting uh ideas involving like kind of like more modern like settings like arcades and things like that i don't know if you remember tyler um like going into like a, a video game instead of like a you know a story spoken with words but um ultimately we decided on again uh kind of have this like very fantasy themed uh story told by grandpa with uh you know a, a lot of the same elements but a lot of new ones as well um the main reoccurring element being like the main bad guy that you you know the main antagonist that you have to defeat at the end so uh yeah we, so far I'm, I'm reading that people are really liking the story in this one i mean it, at the end of the day it's not like a super heavy story driven adventure right but um players are enjoying like the silly dialogue or the choices along the way. And I'm happy to see that.
0: Yeah. Cause like the choices, there are like a big aspect of the game. And I, I enjoy how the way the story is told that, you know, every now and again, you're able to make a little choice that um, sort of you know, makes you feel a little bit more in control of where the story is going, even though obviously you're not, it's not like um, you're going to be fighting someone completely different if you make a different choice or um, something like that. But you know, every now and again, it's like, you know, the two siblings are fighting about what enemies they're versing because they're just getting the story told around a campfire. And I, I quite enjoyed that. I'm like, hmm, what enemy do I want to face? Do I want to, fight a, do I want to fight the wolves or the frogs? I might do the wolves because I think that might be a bit easier <laughs> that I have projectiles. So, like, just like choices like that, I, I um, you know, quite enjoyed. But putting those sort of um, choices in there, I imagine from the programming side, Tyler... Um, that that would offer a a challenge in itself. But also from the writing perspective, did it make a a whole lot more work as far as putting in different dialogue options? Because I I always imagine games that offer these choices that there's a lot of some dialogue that people just will never see because they don't choose it. So how did you sort of go around um, that aspect?
2: Um, So given our our team size, we, we... I think Tyler can agree that we we haven't reached really that level of choices we would love mm. to add up or maybe Tyler doesn't want to cuz he would have to program it all mm. <laughs> but um... no no
1: yeah you you're right it's just specifically about the time and effort to like have multiple endings or to like take it to the next conclusion of actually having your choices like make a big impact most of the choices make a small impact. I hate to admit it.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I don't, I don't feel like they need to make a big impact. I think it's just, um, a bit of variety as you go through the story. I don't know if it, you need to be like, all right, we're going to make a trilogy in the third game. is just as big, con- like, you know, like mass effect or anything like that. But I, I, I do enjoy how it all, it all sort of pieces together as you're, you're going through it.
2: Yeah, definitely. And, and from the writing side, it's, it's not too bad. Um, well, part of it is I, I love writing choices. I've always liked games, like the Mass Effect series, or even, you know, Skyrim, where you every character you talk to, you have different dialogue options. So it was a lot of fun doing it, and it's never too bad uh, in terms of how much content we have to write. I don't have to really remember what Lily said in this choice later down the road because it's usually, you know, just a little bit of flavor, um, dialogue options most of the time. Mm.
0: Yeah, no, no, it's very cool. I, 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 really enjoyed how um how that's all put together, and I'm I'm glad that it carried over from, from Blossom Tales One. I thought that was a nice little aspect of things. Um, as far as the uh, uh, the design went, Tyler. So w- when um Blossom Tales Two, it stays true to its uh, original. There's a lot of aspects in this game that are you know are similar to Blossom Tales One, but there's, a, there's actually like a fair few mechanic and design um sort of changes in this game, like you know. I guess uh just giving some examples like the character walks um in my experience anyway or like walks slower you've got a dodge roll it's crafting mechanics you know there's a fair few new things in this game how did you go about sort of making those changes in in the new title
1: um well we definitely wanted to try and do as much things different as we could like we had thought about alchemy in the first game but we had just ran out of time to kind of put like an alchemy system in the game and we love collecting things so Mm. like collectibles the fruits and vegetables and flowers and stuff that you pick up throughout the game that was like really early we knew we wanted to do that um and then i think we yeah we only had like two potions in the first game we wanted more potions we Mm. we really liked breath of the wilds cooking so we wanted to try and just bring an element of that there isn't really any You can't make your own recipes but there are 10 recipes in the game that you can learn um, and they all do something different um but yeah we kind of just started with the basics we knew that we were bringing like the bow and arrow back and the bombs back but then we really wanted to do swimming that was another one that we wanted to do in the first game but we were Mm -hmm. just like we can't we don't have time to bring swimming so we knew we wanted to do swimming we knew we wanted to do like potion making We knew we wanted to have a horse. Like, as you said, the horse was like a big thing. Um, And we kind of just, we started with that. And then we, we, I hate to say but we added and took away a lot of things as we were developing. Because once you actually start building the things, you realize, oh, these don't work. You know, we're going to have to do something different. Or I'll just be like, I can't make this item. So we're not going to be able to do that item. But yeah, it kind of just organically grew from like a beginning of a few ideas.
0: Do you have any uh examples of some stuff that you took away or are you gonna hold them for potential oh next game?
1: <laughs> I was as I was saying it, I was like, he's gonna ask me what didn't make it.
0: Oh look, I have to. I'm obliged to ask that.
1: <laughs> uh, I sadly I can't really think of anything from the beginning. I know yep. that Rob wanted a day and night system. Like he was pushing not not that that's an item, but I mm. remember um and it was just too much work to try and get every single outdoor map to balance in day and night and look good in both. Yeah. So, like, that was definitely something that we were talking about doing, but didn't make the cut.
0: Yeah. No. Fair enough. Because yeah, I'd I would, I would imagine just that would be a lot of work on on your behalf again. Yes, <laughs> doing yes. the yeah. So Thank you. No, Thank you. Oh, I, I just, I just, I always just think about it, just. Like, because like, everyone can come up with ideas. I just love that. Um, yeah. It's just the, then the person who actually has to make it happen. Just like, Oh, f- goddamn!
1: <laughs> no, I'm literally going to link Rob, like this section of the podcast when it comes out.
0: Mm. Yeah. Um, Cause <laughs> I, like I, I, um, I booted up my save of uh blossom tales one again, just to, uh, you know, check it out. Cause it's been, it's been a long time since I've played it. It's been like, yeah, four years since it came out. So, I played a heap of it sort of, you know, around my New Year's, working hospitality, getting home late, booting up Blossom Tales in handheld mode and um, all that. But it's been a long time since then. So i like, oh, we better go back and, you know, see what the changes are. And, you know, largely the whole, like, you know, Zelda formula is is still intact. You're going to different dungeons, getting heart pieces, doing little challenges in the overworld to get stamina gems and all that type of thing. But... Yeah, there's there was a fair few changes as far as like just like all the mechanics like like there was no role in the um in the first game as far, as far as I can I can tell going back to it and like also like Lily she just moved a lot quicker just around the map like just your walking movement and I assume that's because you want people to utilize the role um, in the game and I feel like that actually those small changes actually do sort of shake it up a fair bit.
1: This is gonna sound terrible because I've seen so many comment so many comments today about the speed of Lily, but we didn't actually purposefully make her slower. Okay. I guess we just didn't. I mean, I personally, and neither did Rob, neither did Miguel, I guess or he might have said something. Hmm. I didn't realize that she was moving so slow. <laughs> yeah, I really didn't.
0: Yeah, because like the first game, she zips. She's like a she's a little kid. She's going up and down, left and right, she's real quick. But um, I, I noticed in like the second game, like sh- she walks a lot slower, but she's a lot more animated. Well, she's bobbing; you can see her hair go. Boop, 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 as she's <laughs> as she's moving along. So, like it's um, it's uh, it's it's not it's not better or worse. I, I, it doesn't really bother me. It's just um, it's just like it just makes the game just that little bit different with that small change, which is always something I, f- I find interesting from just the aspect of design where you can change something that's like very small and it adds up to to like a fair bit um, of a different experience. Yeah,
1: yeah I, I did notice. Her. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, I, I did notice her speed at first. It was a little bit slower. I've always been like a, I don't know if it's Mario that did this to me, but I just always want to go as fast as I can in any game. So <laughs> I did notice at first that Lily was a little bit slower in this game, but to be honest, then it just became like really natural. It felt mm. better. Um, I revisited Ball and Tells one throughout development of two, and then she felt too fast in the first one. To be honest, um, so I do like that. It, maybe I think Tyler and Rob just didn't notice because it felt so natural. Mm. Uh, yeah, her, her speed in this game.
0: Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely not a it's definitely not a bad thing. I think. Um yeah, it's just an observation I made going back to the first one because i was like, oh, this uh, this youngster's fast, and this one <laughs> wearing some different shoes or something like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, sometimes too, it's just however, whatever makes the animation look the best. You know, like sometimes when you speed the animation up, it looks weird, or slow it mm. down, and then you find like the animation that looks the best, and then you try and pick out what species walking at to fit that animation, that kind of thing.
0: Mm. Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, also just with the crafting has, as you're going through the overworld, you know, you're cutting grass, you're doing bushes, you're just finding them on the ground, all these different items and um, things that you can use for the alchemy system. Oh man, it, it just, uh, it triggered my OCD something bad. I had to pick up everything. I had to, uh, <laughs> I had to cut every bit of grass to get every little skerrick of um, of items out. Um, Yeah. I, I always had plenty of stuff to, to go forward with the game. Um, yeah, that's for sure. Cause like, in in the first game, it's a little bit hazy, but like each area, you're like collecting the different items, to um, that's
1: that's correct, yeah, yeah. And there was one item basically per zone, and you'd yeah. be able to sell it in town. Someone would be collecting it
0: because mm, I actually I really enjoyed that that me- that mechanic, um, just like you know you know you know what you're basically doing, and you can like, check check that box off, check that box off, like in the different zones. Whereas um, that's uh that's basically gone in this game, is it apart from there's a, a couple of side quests where you gotta you know collect some things but um there's like a lot more added in this game where you can find like different um uh I don't know what you call them like those those like statues you basically put the fruit down for I don't know what you call them just like a little little prey statue or
1: what, what yeah do you, little what term totems do you guys use something yeah mm. we just called them fruit statues fruit statues okay and there's there's a different animal for each zone and they always want the tree fruit
0: yeah yeah. Yeah, because I enjoyed that. I'm like, oh there's one. Oh there's one. And then like in most zones I've got like one left to go. I'm like, I don't know where you guys are. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be something I'm gonna uh, you know, put the podcast on and just explore the overworld, see if I can uh, I can track them down. Cause I, I got there, are,
1: there. Yeah. Sorry. There are uh, a couple that are like hidden in some trees and stuff, but there aren't any invisible ones. Like there's oh none God. that you can't not see or anything like that. They are all visible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And like, just looking at the overworld, you can see like, Oh, there's like a little, cause for people that obviously don't know, like the game works, like maybe like the original legend of Zelda, where you're moving from tile to tile and, I quite enjoy like on one tile you might see a bit of an entrance on a ledge, then you're like, oh look, I can probably enter it from the other side, and like it makes your like brain sort of think in that way. So I like how the overworld makes you sort of put the puzzle pieces together as you're exploring it, which is which is great. I think um you guys really nailed the exploration side of the overworld, which is um which is cool because I would imagine that would be. One of the one of the harder things as far as design goes, because you you can do great dungeons, you can have great characters, you can have great looking art and all that you have, but um, if the world isn't fun to explore, then you know that's um that's a hard thing to sort of um, swallow. But you know you guys did it really well. So how did you go about doing the overworld? Was it just like one step at a time, or did you have it sort of laid out, and then you go back and do little little cave there and a little little nook there and an item there or how how do you go about designing a you know a big overworld like this
1: well it definitely started with like the zones and we knew that we were going to want to do like five zones um and we knew that like we wanted to unlock the zones we did throw around the idea of making the game a little bit non-linear and you'd be able to go to any dungeon. And then once you went to all three dungeons, it would kind of progress. But for like the, mm. for the amount of storytelling that we do, it would have been difficult to have cutscenes and story beats that drop at specific times, like in any of the zones. Mm. So we kind of like axed that idea early on. And then we knew that to like block off the zones, we would want to use, uh things that we got in the previous zone so like when you get the swimming in the first zone that unlocks like more of the map and then when you get the yo-yo in the second zone which is actually like the grapple hook that unlocks more of the map and we kind of just worked from there I don't want to give away the other items
0: yeah it did um I was surprised you even (laughs) mentioning something okay sorry (laughs) I should have said spoilers
1: I should have said spoilers
0: yeah, no, it's it. I, th- I think it's all right because I, I checked out like the launch trailer f- for the game on um, like on your Facebook page and um, play Platonic Friends and all that, and like there's a fair bit in the trailer to be honest. I don't know um, like uh, if you guys have much involvement with like the the marketing and like the trailer and what's in it and stuff, but there's actually a fair bit in the trailer. How do you, how do you feel about that? As far as like, I guess you just want to sell the game, so you want to sh- show what you've gotten in in some ways, obviously, but um how do you feel about like keeping some surprises obviously not everything's in the trailer but there were some things where i'm like oh like you know i guess like there's an item where that allows you to i don't want to say it but it it was in the trailer (laughs) right (laughs) yeah
1: yeah we we actually i think platonic made the trailers Mm -hmm. so that was kind of up to platonic's marketing uh department and they kind of and we trusted them Mm -hmm. you know they we assume that they know what they're doing and they're I don't mean to say that they don't, because obviously we still feel that way. Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, it was actually up to them, really. They put a lot of those trailers together, and they always would show us the trailer and was like, "How do you feel about this?" And we always liked the trailer, so we we never had a problem with it. Yeah,
0: no, that's great. Because yeah, I, I yeah, I'm not saying it's a it's a bad trailer or anything. I'm just I'm just wondering, like 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 having played the game, I guess it might be it might be hard to like put the variety. Into a trailer, if you just like do like the first two hours of this game, like it's probably it's probably a pretty hard thing to do when it's a when it's say like a fifteen hour game just to include um the very start of it. So yeah, no, I, I definitely I definitely um think they did the the right thing as far as trying to sell the game for you. I just yeah, having played it, I'm like, oh, that item's there, that item's there, and even even some things that I haven't come across yet because I've still got some side quests and stuff that are like, oh, well that, that's that's what happens when I do that side quest. Cool. Kind of made me more keen to go back and do it, so you know the marketing works. It's all good, because <laughs> <laughs> uh, like you mentioned before, you know we've already mentioned it here, but you know you get a horse. I'm like, I didn't know you got a horse. I saw right. it. I saw it stuck, but
1: huh? Did, awesome. did you try and use the fishing rod? I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's all I had at the time. I like. Oh look, the horse is stuck. It needs some needs some rope or something throw the fishing line at it and yeah, I just got, I got a uh, criticized for animal cruelty. I'm like, Oh, all right. I guess I'm coming back with a different item. And now that I've got that particular item, I'm like, all right, now I know what I do. I need to do. It. I just need to go back and get it. Yeah. Cause um, I guess like just, just with the side quest in general, but I'm, I'm just interested about that side quest. Like what's the intention to be like, like for the players like me to be a little bit, little bit more smarter when we get that item and then like, oh, look, yes, and go back straight back and get it or are you guys uh, fine with the idea of someone like me just like finish the game and going back and getting it afterwards after everything's wrapped up and you're just going around and exploring and wrapping up some collectibles?
1: Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, we, we just wanted to give people a reason really, like really when it comes down to it, we wanted to give them a reason to come back to zones and to like, to keep exploring areas and to like, like I said, unlock new areas, even in a zone, like there'll be areas in zones that you need the item from the other zone to like, even get to an area in the previous zone. So that was really just like what we were always thinking was trying to make. The entire overworld feel like it had a lot to do. Mm. Same with the side quests; like we just wanted there always to be like that. We wanted there to always be a thing to do on every overworld map.
2: Yeah. To add, it also comes down to what um Asia Numa once said when he was developing uh, Skyward Sword, and that uh, if you can make the players feel smart, um, you're doing a good job because. Mm. More often than not, like there's really only one option, right? There's only one way to pull out the the mount. But um, when players get that item, they feel smart and thinking, oh, if, if they ran into the mount already stuck, they 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 feel smart themselves remembering, oh, maybe I can use this for that mount that I, I couldn't get before. And so yeah, it adds to the player's experience for sure.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, people like me, we need all the feeling smart we can get. Trust me. All right. So <laughs> no, that's a, a big, a big thing I enjoy from uh, Zelda games and your game and, um, you know, people that, uh, you know, make uh, these uh, dungeon sort of puzzle based games, which is, uh, I'm very grateful for. But um, I guess uh, starting to, to wrap things up, guys, um, Blossom Tales 2, is there any plans for any, any more platforms going forward? Blossom Tales 1, it only came to Steam and Switch. Is there any plans for this game to come to PlayStation or Xbox or anything like that?
1: Not right now, but that does not at all mean that any of those are off the table. Cool, cool. Being a small team, we really can't do like so many platforms at launch you know, because it's just too much for me as pretty much the sole programmer. Although I do have to shout out Ethan Lee who handled the Switch port for us because even that is like way beyond. But so, yeah, so definitely we are considering it.
0: Awesome. I'm sure players that like playing on their um, other platforms would enjoy that. And also like a a physical release. Uh, I noticed Blossom Tales 1 got a physical release in early 2020, which... I had no idea about it until I went back through um, like um, Castle Pixels Facebook page. My, oh, I missed out on that. Damn. Because personally for me, I'm not really a physical guy, but I get physicals of like the games I really enjoy. So I'm a little bit disappointed that I missed out on that. Hopefully maybe limited should run to a reprint of that. But do you guys have any sort of anything in the works for a physical for Blossom Tales too?
1: Gosh, now, now you have me worried about what has been announced and what hasn't been announced. Okay, we'll take that as an, as an answer. If, we'll that is a, if that's a hint, okay. <laughs> we'll Gosh, that. I am sorry, Platonic, if you're listening to this. <laughs> Don't want to get anyone
0: in trouble, but uh, you know, take that as a It, uh, as it has order.
1: been announced. Oh,
2: it has okay.
1: Been announced oh, it it's on Twitter, you know for sure. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> sorry. I, I really was stressing there for a minute.
0: All right, so um, what are the details then? Who's um, who's doing it?
2: Limited run games, doing to run which again. I'm pretty confident was were the last... Uh, yeah. Did, did Boston Tales 1 as well, and there's no date yet or anything like that, but um, Platonic has announced that a physical version of Boston Tales
0: 2 is coming.
1: Uh, and a vinyl of the soundtrack as well. Oh, okay. Wow. It's coming, I know that for sure.
0: Wicked. And after keep an eye on that, I've never... Bought anything from limited run games before, so you guys might be the first. because um, like, yeah, for me, everything's downloaded on my Switch because I enjoy just picking it up and playing it that way. But I usually collect the Pokemon games and maybe a couple of other first-party Nintendo games. And yeah, that's that's kind of kind of it for physical. But I would love um nice beautiful vinyl soundtrack. I, I've I've never I, I got no vinyls either. So there's a lot of there's a lot of first times. Blossom Tales too maybe going on from hey. a limited to run and um we talked a bit about it uh four years ago when miguel and rob were on the show but rex rocket are we ever going to see rex rocket come to come to switch or any new platforms or is that game because i personally haven't played it i should probably just pick it up on steam and um see what it's all about there just to you know see where you guys come from before uh blossom tales one but is there any sort of uh any desire to go back to it and bring it to more modern platforms apart from just, just PC?
1: We've definitely internally talked about it, like the Castle Pixel team, but gosh, when I go back and play that game, I just, it it feels, it feels very much like the first game that we made, uh, you know, and I mean that kind of in a negative way. (laughs) I can't help but see like all the things that like really needed, need work in hindsight so if that ever came out anywhere we would probably have to do a little bit of work on it for me to like feel good about it
0: no no that's that's fair enough and you know that just goes to show that's a good thing really that goes to show how how much you guys have grown and just with your skills and everything like that it's a uh, it's just uh, yeah great to see and um it's a uh, it's, it's a shame that uh you know Rob couldn't join us on on the show to to talk about you know the artwork and stuff because like, it, it looks um, fantastic. That's uh, like just like the grass. I noticed the grass like it's a lot more sort of detailed and stuff like that, and just like the small details. Because I, I thought blossom Tales One was is beautiful and it still is beautiful, but you can just see like little little touches that is um is made to just improve little bits here and there. And I I just had um a little question for him. You guys might be able to answer it maybe a little bit. But just with a, uh, h- h- how do they go about sort of you know learning some more techniques and improving his work?
1: Um, gosh, I don't know, but I do know about the grass. I don't know about the larger question, but I do actually know about the grass. Okay, yep. um, it was just about getting it off of like the tile grid. Grass in this Grass and Blossom Tales Two is like an individual. Uh, object that can be placed down anywhere and different size clumps can be made and the grass and blossom tails one was just like strictly built off the like tile system Mm -hmm. so I know that that changed and the same for the trees a lot of trees were based off the tile system in the first game but in this one they're all individual objects that can be placed anywhere in any kind of pattern so that definitely contributed a lot to like the look of the overworld.
0: Yeah okay that's that's like a massive thing just haven't like once again that small change just just uh, allowed the game to be just a lot different as far as just aesthetically, just being able to put grass where you want it to be. Yeah, that's 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 interesting. Yeah, no. yeah, and I think
1: everything else is just you know, like you said, it's been four years and we just all have improved in our individual fields in that time, even if just a little bit, mm. definitely a little bit better than we were. <laughs> yeah, mm. and
0: uh, last question, guys, um, what's next for Castle Pixel? I guess uh, if you follow maybe what you guys did before, you might might have to go back to work and do all that type of thing. But what what's next on the on the cards for a potential next game, or what do you guys desire to do next? Just even if you don't have any plans yet, Miguel,
1: let me think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Big question. Um,
2: yeah. <laughs> there were talks of a battle royale. Blossom Tales. Oh. I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Just <laughs> <dip>. <laughs> Tyler
1: yeah. The, it. the campaign to get Lily in Smash Bros. never ends. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah I
2: love that. I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I just really love making games. Really love working with uh, Tyler and Rob. So whatever is next, whenever that if, when that happens, i um, be be um, happy to join. As for ideas i mean i i don't want to put the whole team on the spot and say (laughs) we should make this but um yeah uh if we if it's a blossom Tales 3 you know we'd, we'd find ways to you know improve on what we've done and also add some new stuff if we go to another genre which uh would be exciting as well we'd uh find our own way to make it probably charming or interesting as well Uh, there's so many genres out there Mm. but um we'll see
0: what genre would you like to write a story for
2: me Mm. i mean i've i've been doing this uh writing for games for for more than 10 years now um but i haven't done an rpg yet like a like a full-fledged like you know rpg which would require which are so expensive to make and Mm. everything but telegram program
0: a battle system
1: yeah. <laughs> so hey, I've always wanted. Sorry, I've always wanted to make an RPG. I was a really big fan of. I can't remember the name of the game, but it it like was kind of Cosmic Star influenced. It came out a couple of years ago by an indie studio. No. Anyways, I the thing is, I never played RPGs growing up, so I don't know just for that simple fact if I could code a good RPG. Because okay, I don't really know what a good RPG is. But we've definitely thought about RPGs as a genre. Yeah. And just to answer the original question, I honestly don't know what's next. I've always wanted to make Rex Rocket 2. I think if Rex Rocket ever got like uh, you know uh, brought back from the dead, it would maybe be a sequel. But I don't think that's ever going to happen. But that's just personally something that I've always wanted to do. Yeah. And we haven't really even talked about the next project. Like, honestly, other than being like, oh, let's not do this in Blossom Tales 3, let's save it, or do it in Blossom Tales 2, let's save it for Blossom Tales 3. Other than, like, random things like that, we haven't really thought much about what's next. No. So much to do still for, for Blossom Tales 2.
0: Yeah. Is there any plan or plans of updates or anything like that for Blossom Tales 2, or is it just a product, how it is today, is uh, how you'll play it in
1: five years time god i honestly am thinking about changing the speed that lily walks i've uh, been thinking I, about it all day
0: <laughs> I, I i don't want to put that seed in your mind that's just something that i observed. No way. yeah
1: <laughs> you are this is like the 12th time today okay. i've heard about the walk speed you are not alone <laughs> it, we totally missed it rob and i um but no there will definitely be updates especially if there's any bugs that like get found mm. there will definitely be there would definitely be at least one or two updates Actually, handle small
0: stuff. now now think about it. I came across one bug, and that was um, the blacksmith. He um, duplicated. There was two of them. <laughs> really? Yeah, there was two of them walking around. I, I I got a screenshot actually. I can um send to you on on Twitter or whatever. But yeah, that, that's the okay, that, yeah. that's the one thing I, I came across was he duplicated. I'm like huh, that's funny, and I went out of the house <laughs> and and continued oh continued on with the game. But yeah, that 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 was now, all. You- do you remember what, you did what was that? Sorry? Do you remember
2: what you did, if anything, that might have done that? Because that's pretty crazy.
0: Not really. No. I just went in there and talked to him and I think I came out of like a discussion with him and then like yeah, one just walked out from behind him and they just did their own thing. One was on the <laughs> blacksmith table, the other one was checking out looking out the window. I'm like,
1: yeah, okay. Odd. He has a twin <laughs> brother, obviously. <laughs> yeah
0: just like yeah a secret written in um evil brother that's just uh living there and They got okay i've
1: written it i've written it down <laughs> i will look into it
0: now there'll be like a 10 gig patch to try and fix, <laughs> fix that <laughs> <laughs> no no it's um yeah it wasn't a big deal obviously i just say yeah, i took a screenshot and thought you guys might find it interesting when um to bring it up on the show when you guys come on but yeah, I think that, that that wraps it up, guys. We've got a, an hour and five minutes here. Thank you very much for, for joining me here at the House of Mario. Really, really appreciate your time, and you guys are the are the first developers to come back on the show, actually. So, yeah, no, big big thank you to you guys, and thank you for making the game. I really, really love Blossom Tales. It's one of my favorite games on Switch, and, yeah, like I, I find it even hard to put it in words. I really like it. Great game. Awesome. Thank you. No, yeah, that is, <laughs>
1: that is so amazing to hear. And we really appreciate it. We appreciate your support and for having us as guests today.
0: Yeah, no worries. So everybody, if you want to go and support these guys, you can go and pick up Blossom Tales 2, the Minotaur Prince on the Nintendo eShop and Steam. for $15 USD. I believe it's $22 here in Australia. So it's um, it really is nothing. I, I believe in full guys. They're asking like 30 bucks for a Sonic skin like, come on, fuck me, go and buy this instead, please. <laughs> when, when I hear people like in Pokemon Unite, I think they want like forty bucks for a Venusaur in a in a tuxedo. I'm like, come on, support some indie devs, don't don't buy that stuff. <laughs> so yeah, um, where can people keep up to date um, on Twitter or Facebook or whatever social platform they use just to keep up with? You guys and your work at castle pixel oh, Yeah, I'd
1: say uh, the, <clears throat> go ahead Miguel.
2: yeah um usually on twitter we'll we'll peek in there and see what everyone's saying uh, the castle pixel uh twitter and uh we have a facebook but it's not too uh, too too alive uh i know we do have an instagram as well yeah. <laughs>
1: I didn't even know that. Definitely Twitter.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: Instagram is one of those things where it's like, yeah, I've got that, don't I? And every now and again, I, I check out my friends' um, stories or whatever. But apart from that, yeah, it's just my, my dog and my baby, actually, the last couple of last couple of posts. So that's what's going on in my life. Not not too much. I've got two cute little things, but that's about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> So everybody, thank you very much, and guys, thanks for coming over. And um, yeah, you guys make it a make it a make it a home here at the House of Mario. So thank you very much for that. But until then, it's time to get out. Hospitality is over. The doors are closed. <laughs> we'll catch you later.
1: Bye.
2: See ya.
0: encore at the house of mario the after party nintendo podcast is lovingly crafted and recorded in the southeast of south australia the show is produced and hosted by me drew agnew if you enjoy my work here and on my other podcasts the house of mario a drew story and Kraken and furfies help spread the word by sharing us with a mate or leaving a five-star review on apple Podcasts and spotify if you would like to show further support and help me achieve my goal of freeing up one working day a week to help spend more time refining and creating podcasts, please consider checking out patreon.com idruby where for only $1 you get access to my secret recordings where I share everything behind the scenes. A big thank you to the legend DJ for supporting the content at the podcast producer level on Patreon. From the bottom of my heart, thank you.